Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 39 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man, chatting to the cast and creatives of all coming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them, and also what our Manx-born and bred performers are doing further afield. Coming up on this week's podcast... I'm joined by David Dawson and Rachel Martin from The Service Players, ahead of their upcoming production of Night Must Fall, which is playing at the Gaiety Theatre from the 10th to the 12th of November. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Whilst you're there, make sure you give us a like and click subscribe or follow or whatever it is you need to do to make sure you never miss an episode. In the last episode, I mentioned that the Manx Operatic Society were looking for a few people and strong male dancers to fulfil their cast for their 2023 production of Candor and Ebb's musical murder mystery, Curtains. Well... Sadly, they were unable to find the people to fully cast the show and have made the difficult decision to postpone it and swap shows. As such, they will now be producing Annie Get Your Gun in March 2023. This is the stone version of the show, which was rewritten for a Broadway revival in 1999. Annie Get Your Gun tells the story of Annie Oakley when she joins Buffalo Bill's Wild West show and includes the songs There's No Business Like Show Business, The Girl That I Marry, What Comes Naturally and Anything You Can Do. As part of the cast, they're also looking for three girls and one boy aged 7 to 15. Anyone interested can get in touch with the Manx Operatic Society via their Facebook page. Sadly, last week we learned of the death of Broadway legend and one of the last surviving stars of the golden age of Hollywood cinema, Dame Angela Lansbury, at the ripe old age of 96. She had a career that spanned eight decades, and while she had a long and very successful theatre career, she was probably most commonly known for playing the role of author, amateur investigator, Jessica Fletcher in the television series Murder, She Wrote. During her career, she was the recipient of numerous accolades, including six Tonys for MAME in 1966, Dear World in 1969, Gypsy in 75, Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barbara Fleet Street in 79, and Blythe Spirit as recent as 2009, and a Lifetime Achievement Award earlier this year. She also got six Golden Globes, an Olivier Award, and the Academy Honorary Award for a Lifetime Achievement in 2013. She also won numerous BAFTAs, Screen Actors Guild Awards, Drama Desk Awards and Out Critics Circle Awards. In addition to these, there were numerous other nominations for Primetime Emmy Awards and the Grammys. These nominations meant that she was nominated in all of the EGOT Awards. That's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and Tony. Sadly, she was just missing the Grammy win to be a true EGOT. Younger listeners may be more familiar with her as the voice of Mrs Potts in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. She was a giant of theatre and her presence will be greatly missed. On a happier note, this weekend sees the first Musical Con, which is a convention for fans of musical theatre. It's being held at XL London on the 22nd and 23rd of October, and it'll be a mix of workshops, meet and greets with stars of Broadway and London's West End. There will also be a number of previews of new shows and excerpts from your favourite shows. Guests include Trevor Dion Nicholas from Hamilton and Aladdin, Kerry Ellis from Wicked and We Will Rock You, Ben Foster from Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita and Phantom, Leighton Williams from Rent, Hairspray and the current touring production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie and stars from Six, Heathers, Get Up, Stand Up, Come From Away, Les Mis, The Waitress and many, many more. Hopefully it'll be a huge success and we'll be back next year bigger and better than ever and we can all go. Speaking of Leighton Williams, he'll be visiting the island on the 4th and 5th of November to hold some Jamie-themed musical theatre workshops at the Gaiety Theatre. 
There'll be three workshops over the Friday evening and the Saturday morning, with a session for 8 to 12-year-olds and another for those aged 16 plus on the Friday evening, and for everyone aged 13 plus on the Saturday morning. You can book a place through the Villa Gaty website, where you can find more information, or by calling 600 555. Make sure you keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Okay, down to business. I'm joined on the podcast today by David Dawson and Rachel Martin from the Service Players, ahead of their upcoming production of Night Must Fall. David, Rachel, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello. Hello, thank you. Actually, David, it's welcome back, isn't it? <laughs> it is after a few years now, about three yeah. years. Yeah, about three years ago you were on with, uh, with Neil um, ahead of uh, the Adams Family. We it played Christmas. It was the Adams Family, 2019, yeah. yeah. And you, you won an award for that as well, didn't you? I did, yes. I got um, for the, the Region 2 for, for Noda of Blackpool. We got the, the Best uh, Actor Award for in Noda, so very happy. It was a lovely, nice surprise, actually. <laughs> Congratulations. Right, well, you're here today on behalf of the service players, uh, and we're going to talk about Night Must Fall, which is their upcoming production. This is a bit of a bit of a spooky bit of a, a thriller, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you can you could say it's. Uh, I don't think I don't wouldn't say too spooky. I'm, I'm not psychological, sure. isn't it's it? It's definitely psychological. Yeah. There's yeah. Um, there's kind of from the off. It's it doesn't try and shy away from what it is, mm-hmm. and it doesn't try and hide things. It's not too much of a. It's not very much an Agatha Christie twist or anything like that. Right. It's just dark. But there is some comedy, I think, as well. I, I I find it quite funny, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. There, there are a couple of characters that have, <laughs> yes. yeah, some great lines, yeah. Brilliant. So, so what can you tell us about the story, then, without, you know, no, no, no spoilers, you know, just, just sort of give us the, the best sort of overview that you can? Because... Well, I think for those who've had to put up with my ugly mug all over the island uh, and the tagline about uh, what a face can hide, effectively, it is, <laughs> it is about how people can get away with things depending on who they are and how they act and how actually we, do we really know the people we we are meeting and, and dealing with and yeah there's there's been a murder there has and there may be more throughout the show who knows um, and we kind of we follow uh, over a few days it's it's basically it's a very that real lovely classic kind of play where it's just set in in the effectively in this manor house and we mm-hmm. we, we focus in there and we meet the uh uh, well, the beautiful owner of, of the manor house, <laughs> um, uh, and and the rest of the, the the staff, the help, and things, and and yeah, and then uh, my character Dan appears, um, and he stays around. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he may not always it may not be exactly what he appears to be. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, maybe maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> um, and it's it's set in Wales, is it, or is it? No, or it's no. Just Dan, so this Dan <laughs> we we have we have a cast that's. Full of different. Well, you've got a great accent, and then I don't know if you want to explain a bit about yours and, and your staff and things. But. Yeah, so my character, Mrs. Brampson, she owns the house. This house is sort of set in like lonely house in the woods, so it's quite an eerie. Right. That's sort of the setting for the play as well. It's sort of an eerie atmosphere, and I mean, yeah, she's a an embittered old woman who has <laughs> uh, lots and lots of ailments without having anything specifically wrong with her i would say uh but yeah so she's got a you know some staff loyal staff and she's very difficult to deal with and yeah and she she has um her niece who works for her, olivia 
and they have quite a complex relationship. I mean, she's very, very unpleasant to her, to be fair, but <laughs> Olivia is very loyal. Yeah, and we, we introduce these characters, then Dan comes in. I don't know where the play is actually set, to be honest. Yeah. Non- we've got a, we've got a London, we've got a couple of Londoners, yeah. uh, and um, yeah. it's weird because they, it literally states it in 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 the play. Um, the one of the the servant girls who knows Dan or uh, knows of Dan basically said it, it, it's sort of Welsh. Um, so that kind of straight away is is that's what I have to go with. So yes. it's yeah. sort of Welsh. <laughs> the writer of the play was Welsh. Yes. So, but the film, the original film, which was I think about nineteen. 19- 37 he's actually irish mm, mm. he has an irish accent which would have been easier for me <laughs> yeah, well sometimes there. you do go but, into you know, irish to be i fair, think yeah <laughs> irish i think i've gone geordie a few times yeah. with it so yeah actually, no, i think there's probably a very good chance that dan isn't welsh so the fact that the, the accent wanders a bit yeah yeah i mean i think i think it's kind of one of those ones where though you don't want to and this is where that sort of always comes in this is one of the first things i talked about to to lisa the director the last thing you want is is a person who maybe doesn't know the show to sit there going, "What is what accent is this person doing?" <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and it's, so even though it's a sort of Welsh, we've we've tried to kind of go in with a bit of a soft Welsh. So it is there, and and people know that he is, you know, potentially from Wales. Wales, but um, yeah, he he is a character, and the, and the biggest thing about Dan is he is he's a joy to play because he is constantly acting. There's, we, we never really see who the real Dan is. So mm. there is the potential that, no, it is just all, all fake and he's not Welsh at all. But it's the dynamics of how, how from where he starts, from this real charming character and real almost youthful and and, and safe, maybe, as, as a person to be, you'd think to be around. And and then it just goes off and he's he's so much more complex. And I think that's where the, the joy is. I mean, it was, um, it was John Pertwee who played Dan... Uh, the first time around at the Gaiety, 80 years ago. So it's quite big shoes to, to step into. But I, I love it. I mean, I'm a character actor, so this is a really nice role to be jumping into. Yeah, I was going to say, well, it's, this year is the, uh, the Service Plays 80th yeah. anniversary. Yes, yeah. And the reason why it's being staged is because this was the first production that they yeah, ever put yeah. on, isn't it? it yes, is, yeah. 1942, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, it's, it's amazing how I, you know, that kind of connection with with John Pertwee is all, I think, a great a great connection anyway. Isn't oh it? yeah, but um, but yeah, it's nice to be bringing that that back, and um, it, it hasn't lost anything in through time. I don't think no. it is a it is a period piece mm-hmm. um, by you know it's kind of turn of the century, I suppose you could argue, give or take. And and the nice thing is, yeah, it's there's there's real beautiful sarcasm and black humor, and it's subtle but it's there and i that's what i really love from yeah. every character um you know they are all really interesting characters and and we have a great cast you know we've um we've got some brilliant people on that stage with you know john snelling uh who have worked with Ian dixon quite a few times things so um it is it is wonderful um uh, but yeah every single one brilliant brilliant cast so you just touched there on uh, on dr john and, and ian mm-hmm. um but who else have we got in the cast who makes up the? the uh, so Rachel Joggan is uh, Olivia, and we've got Kelly Firth, who's um, my maid, Dora. <laughs> yes. Um, to which character does John play? Oh, he's the detective. The detective, detective inspector. Right, yeah. 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 Bell size. Yes. Yes. And Ian is playing uh, Humphrey Hubert. 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 It's been a long day. Hubert. Yeah, Hubert. 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 Yes. Hubert. Oh, I'm sorry, Claire. Cal- yes, there Cal- we are. Claire Calzer is uh, Mrs. Terence. That's right. a terrific character. She's the sort of head maid, is she? She's yeah, sort of like, she's the yeah. she's the cook, I suppose. She's the cook, is really, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, the Mrs. Hughes. Yes. Yeah, like yes. a Downton. Yeah, she's like the yeah, Mrs. Hughes. Yeah, yeah, very much. In charge so. of downstairs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That. But it's yes, it's definitely yeah. with Mrs. Terence, which is Claire's character, and uh, myself, Mrs. Brampson, as the 
not very pleasant owner of the home. They have a very good, like Mrs. Terence doesn't put up with Mrs. Brampton's nastiness, <laughs> yeah, and no, you know sure. she's she's a tough character. But the only person who can keep her in a place. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah <laughs> she does speak her mind. She's a, a Essex. She's an Essex um, lady, and so yeah, they're, they're brilliant. The two of them. Yeah, really. Yeah. Are. Uh, the two characters are so well written. Yeah, fabulous. And um, we haven't we haven't missed anybody else, have we? Lord Chief Justice. Oh, uh, Matt Cox. And on Nurse. Oh, Nurse sorry, Libby. Helen McKenna. Oh, gorgeous Helen. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it has been a long time. <laughs> <Yeah, sorry. laughs> Apologise to them all now. <laughs> I mean, it's about what? It's about three weeks to go. Four weeks to go. Well, it'll be three weeks Thursday. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it sleeps tonight. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I was going to ask: Is it in a good place? <laughs> I think it's. It's been. Oh well. It's. For me, I mean, I can't speak for the rest of the cast. I think they're doing fantastically well. Um, it's been a busy year for me. I mean, this yeah. will be this will be the eighth production I've been involved with this year, and um, you know, it's come off some big, big shows for me with Hunchback and um, Once. So I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, when we got it, just we were just getting into the uh, theatre for Once at the end of August, and, and Lisa contacted me and said, you know. Would you would you think about getting back on stage? And I think this part would really suit you. And yeah, it has. It's been since 2019 since I've been on stage, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm really going to have to. Uh, because Spamalot was the last one, was it? Um, it was it was Adam, Adam's family. Adam's family, I think, oh, was there. And then uh, before that was yeah, um, a Spamalot. So so yeah, so it was a case of um, I I kind of yeah a bit of handoff because I kind of wanted to get back on, and it sounded like a great character. Yeah. And then I kind of thought. November's not actually that far away. <laughs> and then I saw the script and went, that's quite a lot of lines. So um, it's been a challenge because it's been, as I say, it's been quite a while um, since having to try and learn those lines. And also, I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm very much a... I, I, I learn through the rehearsal room. So yes, it's, it's yes. with people around me, in moving in how I need to move. Um, so I, I do find sitting there and, and reading lines are really hard, actually. Yes. Um, but that's kind of what I've I've had to do because of because of time elements. So um, yeah, it is going to be. I you know I really do believe it is going to be a great show. Um, I just think you know we are still we're going to put the the grind in. I think to get it there and 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 this, there is still work to do. But I would be worried if you don't want to be ready too early, do you? Exactly. Yeah. Great. I mean, like I said, you've had you have had a busy sort of twelve or eighteen months yeah. with being in the director's chair rather than yeah. on stage. So, <laughs> how did how did that come about then? How did you sort of first foray into the? Well, I've I love the, people often ask me which I love more, and I I can't. There's no one or the other because they're so different, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, one is very personal. When you're acting on stage, it is a it is an ego boost. <clears throat> it is adrenaline. But the directing side is is something just beautiful because you are you are putting a puzzle together you're putting a vision in your head together and you are helping people along and that's where it's really beautiful because you're you're guiding people and you're trying to get the best out of those people and when you see them do so well it's it's kind of like a proud dad moment i suppose mm. is the best way to way to think about it so i've been directing for quite a few years on small stuff um you know school shows and um you know my my own things with avenue q originally and then we yes. had the the wizard of oz panto and 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 such and and um uh, Little Mermaid Junior with with Three Legs Productions and it's kind of grown from there and um, you know I was I was just really very very lucky to be given the opportunity by uh, Douglas Coral Union uh, who I've been a member of for many years now um, to come on board as, as the director 
uh, for Shrek. And um, apart from it being when COVID hit and we had the nightmare of that, it, it did go brilliantly. And, and that was from an amazing team. And that's yeah. kind of what you do need around you. You do need an amazing team and you need people to trust you uh, as a director. And um, then we were very lucky. Um, Hunchback is always one I've I've wanted to, to, to I, well, star in or, or direct. And that came along and that was, that was just something else. That was a very... Uh, just amazing just amazing yeah, yeah and and the work that steve dakin did with with the choir was, yeah oh yeah. It was amazing um, I, again you know I'm, I'm really lucky steve i work with steve at yes. king williams college so uh and he has been a real gem to the island i mean he's on the art he, he's got himself in a lot of pies he's in the arts <laughs> council he's here there and everywhere yeah. and things but but he is a real talent and you know we bounce off each other really well it's a it's a real strength to strength we have each other's backs and you know he's he's yeah a leader of his game he really is and um you know it's been great to have him on board and 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 kind of on that journey um and hopefully for many more shows to come so and yeah we we went from hunchback into into once and i have to say i didn't think from the reaction we got from the hunchback and notcha down i didn't think we'd see it for many many years to come and it was a different reaction but to have the feedback from once was was just something else as well you know that we took a risk and yeah it was it was brilliant it's a risk that paid off very well yes yeah, yeah. I mean, um, i'm i'm know. really really sad that i was of island for the entire and we got back back on the island the morning after the that show happens. finished <laughs> you're just hearing all these amazing reports and i just every time i opened facebook it was just oh my god how amazing once was last night i'm just like this isn't helping me <laughs> <laughs> well you never know maybe maybe once again but uh it was it was special it was yeah, yeah. brilliant rachel have you ever had any thoughts or, or desires about tripping into the uh the director's chair i, I have done yeah uh, I, i've directed a couple of one acts uh so i really enjoy the one act play festival which is well it was always february time but yes. i think actually for next year it's moving to I think it's easter isn't easter, it, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's combined with so i, I have uh, and i did actually one year get best director as well for a little play i did <laughs> so yeah uh but the thing is that well i mean obviously i've only done it on a very small scale but yeah so when you're obviously acting it's all you think about is you just got your lines to learn but when you're directing oh my goodness i can't imagine for what you've done david but mm. I would be laid awake at night thinking everything you've got to organise and sort and, you know, so, you know, in some respects for me, it's better for me to act because I get more probably more sleep than if I were uh, <laughs> I'm sure David would probably agree. <laughs> there, but, but, but just wonderful to get where you get some people together and then that end thing where it's all come together and it's just, yeah, so just the one act for me, I think, is time constraint wise <laughs> would be my directing and and if people haven't been to the one accent on it's really it's a must it's fantastic it is. so you know i think um the gate is a beautiful place but we have some fantastic venues on this island and yeah. wherever they're going i would really recommend if, if you see it come up um, i think it's back down the Art center again this year isn't it isn't it uh i don't know to be honest well it was this year yeah, yeah. so yeah we did it this year and it was there but for next year i don't know whether it's would it be at the villa because it's combining with the well, at least the place. At least the festival, place. Yeah, so I don't, well, yeah, I, I don't know. So to actually, there's a chance know. to go and support it. So yeah. you still yeah. get to be in the gate and you still get to see it. So that'd be because, great. Because, I mean, on an island, I mean, it's not that far, but with our island mentality, Port Erin's a long way at the end, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good half yeah. hour, 40 minute yeah. drive down to Port Erin yeah. yeah. and back again. Yeah, and, yeah. It's yeah. such a beautiful theatre, though. Yeah. I absolutely yes, love performing there. Well, you just literally, the audience just sat right there next to you and... 
you know, uh, and people, my friends of mine that have never done any acting, they would say to me, oh, gosh, I, I can't believe how nervous you must be. But I say, but they're there to support you. They're not mm. there to have a go. You've got to, like, take yeah. their energy. They're there yeah. to want you to do well. And, you know, so, I mean, oh, yeah, I love it. I love the Aaron Art Centre. I yeah. get more nervous with auditions than I do with actually performing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. It's cause I think because when it comes to the auditions, I kind of, like, I have my version of what I think it should be. But whereas when it comes to the opening night, I've rehearsed it. I've got the director's version. Yeah. I know what we're doing. I'm, I'm bang on and run there, and I know everything backwards and forwards, and, and we're sorted. But yeah, yeah auditions. Yeah. I'm like, is this right? I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, I think that's. I think it's a good way to have it. I, I wouldn't mm. want to go in thinking, well, I know I'm fine on this. Yeah, I think I think uh, no matter how old you are, how many shows you've done, I think yeah, it's always going to be nerve wracking auditions. Yeah, I'm mean, still like, and I still like a little bit of a jittery buzz on, on the mm. first night of the show I think if you, if you don't have that then you think oh yeah yeah what's the point yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that sort of bit of nervous that the jittery of... buzz for me though is oh my goodness I can't, I can't remember any of my lines <laughs> what's my first oh, line? oh, no, oh no oh no I can yes I can oh. yes I can I'm okay I'm okay I've started yeah. <laughs> I can't remember my first line I'm sure we've all been in that position where we've been stood on that stage going I don't know what my line yeah. is until I say it <laughs> yes I've had a few moments yeah oh, I had a few moments like that in Jekyll and Hyde to be honest was like, I wasn't sure which, which person I was who I am where I am which is the next line <laughs> so how, how did you both get started oh well for me i mean i started you know when i was at school yeah so just getting involved in plays i did a few musicals when i was at school so that it was just i really enjoyed it from being at school and then i did attempt to apply to manchester university to get in on like a you know drama time and that that obviously I had to go for an audition for that and I had to go first and I always remember that the the piece you had to choose you're only allowed to do it for two minutes two or three minutes you had a time on it and yeah. I did it for that time and then other people got up and they were doing it for like 20 minutes at a time and I was thinking <laughs> oh that's a bit unfair but anyway as I didn't get in to be fair but um, I ended up doing business studies instead but yes yeah, so I've just always always enjoyed it and for me certainly as I've got older and had a family and everything it's just an escapism as well yeah, it's yeah. just you know just because I mean I've been in the service players for 20 odd years and it's just such fun it's just such fun you go to rehearsals yeah. you have laughing fits it's just yeah it's great and it's yeah. just away from you know I'm not thinking about laundry or I'm not thinking about <laughs> the, and, and, and yeah. as sad as it is that's what I would you know at home when you've got a family and that that's what you're doing when you've been at work all day and then you come back and it's just it's just fun it's, it's a bit just, of me time isn't it it's, yeah and I love yeah. it when you're not mum you're it. not dad you're, yeah. not, you're, you're just you're just you and you, yeah. get to, you get to sort of go and play with your friends yeah yeah, <laughs> and, and I do as well I mean I've always enjoyed as well just playing characters that are very different from yourself as yeah. well I mean my whenever you watch plays on TV the 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 bad characters the bad I was oh god those they're, they're the best characters to play because oh, they'll yeah. be so far away from what the actor is like in real life you it's know so much more just, fun than the romantic yeah. league lead as well yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely definitely. and I just although but I do annoy my husband by watching things I'll go uh, those two have got no chemistry <laughs> I, I, I don't trust those two yeah and it really annoys him because he's like why well, to me they they're doing fine I'm like, oh, no, you can tell they don't like each other really. <laughs> What, what, I, what, I, what I can't help but find myself doing is when you're sat in the theatre and you're like, there's a scene change and you just hear, you go, that's in then. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. How about yourself then, David? How did you um, get started? I, I was, I think I was, I mean, you probably have to ask my parents this, but I think I was that annoying child who just wanted to entertain people. and, and um, You're the youngest, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I am. likewise. Um, uh, yeah, likewise, so, yeah. There you go. So, um, and I can I can really remember um, it was it was it was play school and it was uh, Frosty the Snowman and I had my mum made me an amazing outfit and I 
learned to dance routine and I learned the song. I think I didn't sing because everybody else was singing that really didn't understand because it was my song. But um, <laughs> I, I, I do remember it just loving it. And um, I just wanted to be doing, the, I just wanted to be acting. I wanted to be performing. I wanted to be making up stories and, and going from there. And it kind of just progressed. I was very lucky to have, uh, you know, good people around me in terms of teachers and things like that. And, and then And then, you know, the best thing of all, a really great theater kind of culture area on the island where we had you know whether it was musicals or plays and you could just dive in and, and, and get going and, and you were at Balcomine as well so you had Chris Mabry there and the drums yeah teaching, yeah so. so and that was weird because obviously then I was now directing Chris in once and being like no no Chris <laughs> I need you to do it like this and it's like this is weird <laughs> but um yeah um the student becomes the master of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it hasn't it's it's just kind of gone from there and uh, I'm just you know I'm very, very privileged to to be on an island which has places like the Gaiety and 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 the companies there with, with the funds as well, you know, and that's that's special. So yeah. And you went away to train professionally as well, didn't you? Um, well, I actually went to uh, university, so I went to Chester uh, and and did a, a bachelor course, um, got my degree, and it was drama and theatre studies. And actually, it was it was a bit of a risk in many ways because it wasn't it wasn't training that you would get at a drama school. It right. was a much more an opportunity to look at theatre in the grander scheme of things um, and and that was a bit hard to take at first because I remember my first year we looked at some really what I would term bizarre theatre yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about theatre but things that were just you know real unique stuff yeah. but it was still theatre mm. and, um, and for me growing up on Theatre to me, when I was a teenager, was the Pross Arch, and it was a kick line, and it was a song. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, really is still probably what the island thinks of as, as theatre, really. So it, it allowed me the opportunity to to learn mm-hmm. and understand and experience more. And actually, probably that's what's helped me more, especially with the directing side. It's allowed me to understand theatre more and the craft more and and different opportunities you can you can go um, w- with theatre and, and the risks you can take. So, yeah, I loved Chester, and um, it, it really did me well, um, and I made some great friends there. And, um, yeah, I then came back and uh, been here ever since. I was very lucky to be kind of f- fell into into uh, a good theatre-connected job where I was running theatre. So at first it was the Studio Theatre, and now it's uh, King's Court Theatre, been there for eight years down at King Williams College and gosh really that's gone from strength to strength wow. so yeah it's it's great yeah <laughs> but busy yeah and they've got a great program down there as well they do a lot of the, uh, the the live streaming stuff which is which is fantastic yeah yeah we were really lucky so it was my first year there um and we, we somehow uh I, I managed to get um the best cinema experience worldwide by the for the Royal Opera House and, and more to screen which are the company the provider and uh, that was our first year of screenings, and and that kind of, I've I've still not really gotten over that. That's been <laughs> wonderful, and uh, yeah, we you know we've we've just managed to keep investing um, in that theatre, and it's 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 down to in all honesty, it's down to King Williams College. They want to create a more uh, an open venue for the community. They want to get, welcome the community in and and give them opportunities that that maybe aren't so much for Castletown and that area. So um, yeah, it's been great. And if if you are interested, there's the Facebook page. So do have a look and and come on down and watch some great theatre. Brilliant. So, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, this this year is the 80th anniversary of the service players, and uh, over the years, there's been some some quite wide and varied and diverse productions that they've put on, isn't there? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose they've done like a lot of the comedies, you know, the BBC comedies that obviously Alex has done over yes. the years. Um, and we've done uh, one of my favourites, actually, which we, we did actually do it down at Erin Art Centre. We did Check Off, we did Uncle Vanya, which yeah. Mike Hoyer directed. Uh, and that was just brilliant, you know, getting the costumes and everything for that. So, yeah, they, they do. They do, uh, uh, yes, a very diverse it's certainly my 20 years there I've done lots of different things yeah historically I think they were they were quite well known for, for picking up all the, the farces weren't yes, they yeah, yeah. Well, that's when I first started back in 2000 we were doing farces but actually the second play that I did with them which Lisa was in as well who she was amazing in it uh, 84 Charing Cross which uh-huh. was just you know I think back now I mean it's 20 years since we did that with Howard as well and I think it was Daphne Kane that directed it and it was just wonderful we had this, the staging of it. it was just where we had like obviously have a New York apartment and then mm-hmm. we have a London shop and it was just brilliant but yeah the first one I ever did was um oh, what was it oh fur coat and no knickers so yeah. that was obviously <laughs> uh, yeah your farce which yeah like you say they were more renowned for I think yeah. you know yeah so there was all those fur coat no knickers and caught in the net and all yeah. sorts of things like that wasn't it yeah always a taxi driver and a bit of mistaken identity and uh, yeah <laughs> classic. but also as well um service place have just appointed new president Yes, yes. <laughs> Obviously, I have a vested interest in this because yes, it's my yes, mother-in-law. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Carol yeah, Bester, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, Carol. Carol's yeah. been a, a stalwart of the of the the service players for for many 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 years, um, having started off as the as the, the pretty girl, the, the the blonde bimbo part, and then and she's directed herself, and yeah, she's been on. I think most recently her her parts were. Oh, I can't think of the name now. She's the old the old lady that used to make the sort of the beetroot and coleslaw sandwiches in Vicar of Dibley, and also she was the 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 mad deaf woman in uh, Faulty Towers. Mrs. Doyle's there. Is it Mrs. Doyle from? That's Father Ted. Father Ted. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's brilliant news. Yeah. It's brilliant news because. Yeah, Jean sadly she died earlier this year was it was it last year now last year I last think year, yeah. yeah last year but, but she... Jean did actually so what, what year did we do on Vanya? was it 2018 2017 but we Mike had got Jean to be back on stage for that which was yeah. amazing wow. and she of course I'd never seen her act before so yeah yeah she was she was wonderful yeah, yeah. great so the director then for this show then is is Lisa Smith. Yeah. And she's been well like you said she's been in service place for for quite a long time now and she's written and she's directed herself as well so. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Lisa and I started together. Yeah. So we were both working down at Castletown and uh, somebody had actually put out a, a lady called Jan had put out a, an email saying that she was auditioning for a place if anybody wanted to come along. Yeah. And I didn't know Lisa that well at the time, but we both turned up to I think it was the British. It was only it was the old room up right. upstairs of the British, not yeah. as nice as it is now. Oh no. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh we both went and that's how we both got started. So Fur Coat and No Knickers was the play, obviously. Yeah. And that's how we yeah, so I've known Lisa since both of us auditioning for the first time. So yeah, wonderful actress. Wonderful. Hmm. She's brilliant. Yeah. She, and she's 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 great to work with as a and director writer as well. Yes, she writes as well. Yes. Yes. As well yeah, you know, yeah. just one yeah. acts and yeah, very talented. Yes, I've been I've been quite fortunate to do a few plays with with Lisa as director, and she's she's written me some lovely parts as well, which has been very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, over the years, then we'll we'll have all done different productions with different budgets. So therefore, costumes sometimes are amazing. Sometimes they're not quite so good, but. Um, what would you say are possibly the best and worst costumes that you've ever had to wear? 
well, I think most of the things I've been in, we've had to try and source them ourselves. Well, worst costume would definitely be for me. Would again, I've mentioned it's it about six coat times with no already. Knickers. Fur coat with no knickers <laughs> because because I was playing a stripper, and that's horrendous thought now. Uh, and I had to learn to crack a whip as well, and it oh, took me ages hey. to practice to do that. Well, those skills that. you never lose. Yeah, that was yeah. I don't even want to think. I blotted it out of my mind now. What <laughs> costume I was wearing? I was a lot younger back then. Uh, the best costumes. I don't, I'm not sure if I've actually ever done anything where we've ordered the costumes. Obviously, I did do Dad's Army, but my character was just in like a suit. Right. So, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to have a think about best. Okay. Come back we'll, to me, we'll David. come back to you in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. David, how about <laughs> yeah. you? Um, so, best, um, I think, would probably be uh, Lumiere. Um, oh yes because it was just but potentially the most awkward as well because i didn't have hands i was constantly holding these effectively these hair dryers so that was interesting but i I did love that i did love that and the worst that's just um it's definitely herod number two um, <laughs> number one number one i adored because it was uh john cumberledge had brought on this uh, he basically made me this gold kind of uh greek I don't know. Um, yeah, it yeah. Was, oh, it was. It was. I was gold. Painted gold face, gold hair. I had these these big bushy trousers, which were big harem feathers with yeah. with yeah. that on, and, and big gold boots. And it was bizarre, but it was great. Yeah. But then second time round, <laughs> so Herod second time round went through lots of. I think we're going to do this with him. I think we're going to do this with him. And it changed it around a little bit. And um, so I was like, okay. So at one point, there was the potential that I would be in, uh, it would be a ba- it would be a swimming pool and I would be in, in <laughs> budgie smugglers and a towel. <laughs> like, okay. I don't okay. think people want to see that, but all right. Um, and then it was actually, no, we're going to do like a, a montage where it's y- you playing or Herod playing famous people throughout time, Marianne Swanette, Chaplin, this, that, and the other kind of thing. That didn't happen. So then I got into the theatre and I was handed these little blue sequined top yeah. and some short thing. And then that would be underneath this kind of suit that would have been like a boating suit, which would yeah. be revealed. But it was, yeah, it wasn't great. So I decided, I was like, well, this is just... Yeah, I'm, I'm not wearing this. I, I, I threw my toys a little bit out of the pram. Um, Deep so I thought I'm going to I'm going to go and see if I can just find something which I think would work a, a bit better. Yeah, and that made me go straight to Anne Summers when it was open. I got nipple tassels. I got um, a a a ball Basque. gag. Yes, I got fishnets, and then I went and got a leather jacket, and I went down a bit more of a Rocky Horror esque with yeah. it, and uh, and that's what stuck. So, yeah. but it still is probably my yeah. I did not enjoy that. That's sad. <laughs> But you've only yourself to blame because you picked it. Well, you know what? It was either it was go all out, or yeah. you know, and and I didn't know where else to go with it, so um, we just did it, and and that's what it was. And yes, um, again, I'm sorry for people who had to see that. So, you know. <laughs> I had to stand on stage with it every night. It was... <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> that's, I mean that's brilliant. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing how many times people come on and they they talk, say like, you know, the best costume is also the worst costume. And like you were saying, like with with Lumiere, it was amazing. But you know, it was probably hard. hot, hard. Yep. You had no hands. Yep. You get yep. Ian, Ian and Jonathan talking about <laughs> Shrek and Donkey. They yeah. were just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can imagine, horrendous. Um, okay, what would you say is your dream role? What's what's the what's top of the bucket list for you? Um, I mean, I go. It's it, it's probably still musical theatre, 
but I always seem to jump towards Scar, I think, from The Lion King, yeah. because he's brilliant. Um, <laughs> he, he's got, he's just great. And um, <laughs> I mean, how, who wouldn't want to play Scar? He's, he's just, <laughs> he's so wonderful. Um, and I love, I'd love the puppetry side of it as well. And, uh, and his songs and, um, yeah, uh, a, a good villain. And I think, yeah, in all honesty, I think that would be the one. I would really love to play. Sadly, it may never happen because you know, the Lion King is isn't going to be coming to the amateur world anytime soon. And if it does, it's yeah. not going to have the same. No, I mean, you know, I, it's such with, a costly with show. So many, yeah, with, and with so many shows these days now, there's the whole sort of ethnicity element to it as well. They're, they're really clamping down on a lot of them, saying, "No, you have to have black performers, Indian yep. performers, Asian performers." Yes, rightly to, so as well to fill these roles. Which is, yeah, and like I said, yeah. rightly so. But you know, but he is—he's the only kind of white member of the cast, um, right? And um, yeah, but. But still, I think sadly the the budget for that kind of show would be astronomical. So um, you know, I can I can dream. I'll just do it in my mirror at home. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, how about you? Is there well, is there um, a dream role? I'm not sure about a specific dream role, but I do like, and I've already touched on it about baddie characters. Mm evil nasty uh anybody like that and although my character's not as bad as that in uh night must fall she is she's difficult she's hard work and and i love that i love annoying everybody because i just like doing that in general anyway with the family <laughs> so i yeah i love like just wanting to get her own way all the time and she's not like an evil character i don't yeah. mean that but i do like the more sort of baddie roles like i say rather than the the goody two shoes type yeah. you know it's so anything that would be yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to think somebody who would be pretty evil if it was like someone like if you did like something like Robin Hood. I mean, it's a male character, obviously, but it'd be like the Sheriff of Nottingham or yeah. whatever. That sort of role, I like things like that. You know, mm. that's bit of Shakespeare, bit of bit of Lady Mac, bit of yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yes, definitely. I mean, that's another good thing as well. Yeah. I mean, you were involved in this last year as well, weren't you? The that um, Paradise Theatre Company yes, starting yeah. up, and they you know they're doing yeah. the Shakespeare's now, which is which is great because it's something that's yeah. been been missing on the island for a yeah. long time. Definitely, and, definitely. You know, I mean, I've you know I've done a lot of musicals, I've done a lot of plays, and you know the one thing that's missing that I'd be really wanting to do is mm. is some Shakespeare. And because last year the boys came along, is and this they your did... audition, Neil? Are you auditioning? for <laughs> <laughs> You're dropping hit fifty pound yeah. on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to push the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so last year they did much did about nothing, which is one of my favourites. Mm. And, and and Peter, who played Benedict was just amazing and lisa again lisa yes. as, as beatrice yeah, yeah. So she was she was fantastic yeah uh, but this year is it two gentlemen of verona no it, the merchant it, of venice it's merchant of venice, merchant of venice. Yes, Sorry, yes. yeah so we're um we're taking it up a bit uh we're, it was a great success last year and um we're potentially i don't know how much i can give away so i've got to be really careful here but we we may be branching out that's all i'm gonna say oh. so we might get a bit more of a um something special for a few people so but um yeah still a local cast and um yeah please please do come support it's probably going to be around the june july time we think uh, rather than the april next year so um but it is nice and it's wonderful to be to be doing shakespeare and um i think there's a lot of fear i think the problem is shakespeare is meant to be seen and the problem is Shakespeare is not seen. Shakespeare is first met in the classroom in the yes. book with people who don't really want to be there. So, yes. um, you know, we, we want to try and, and really open up and, and get people in to see it because, you know, he's come up with some of the best stuff. It's the reason why he's still talked about and still so famous now, isn't there? Let's be yeah. fair. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, we're very lucky. Um, and, and, yeah, with Alex and Charlie who, who've set up Paradise, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It really is. And I'm I'm really, really grateful again to be kind of, uh, to have been asked to direct with them and, um, you know, hope, 
for I don't know how, how forever long uh, until I become rubbish maybe or until they decide to get somebody better but uh, no it's great it really is <laughs> brilliant well hopefully then we'll, we'll get Alex and Charlie in on a, on a future episode and we'll get to talk about that when we get a bit yeah, closer to the <laughs> brilliant okay um, so let's let's have a look now um, for our Spotify playlist so two years ago now just after we came out of the first big lockdown we came up with an idea to set up the ultimate musical theatre playlist Neil King and myself we each put 10 songs in for ourselves and these are songs that either we've sung or, or performed they've been in shows that we've been in or they just mean something really special to us so we started off with 10 each because we wanted to get the get the, the list started properly because no one's going to look at a playlist that's only got two or three songs on it, really, are they? It's very true. So, yeah, we put 20 in between us to get the whole thing started. Then every person that's been on the podcast ever since has added another song onto the list. So, David, what song would you like to add and, and why? So I'm going for uh, a musical which, sadly, not enough people know about. And I think they're put off because of the biblical connection. And it's not Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, it is a musical called Children of Eden, and the the uh, the book was by Stephen Schwartz, and it is effectively the Old Testament. Um, so it is uh, it ends with with Noah and his family, but it starts with uh, Adam and Eve and, and the children, and it is some of the best music in musical theatre that I've ever heard, and um, I fell in love with this song, um, and it became. Really, the reason I'm picking it because I I grew up um, with Ian Dixon, um, possibly the best male vocal oh. voice on on the island. So it was always very hard growing up singing when you have somebody like him as your best mate <laughs> next to you. You're like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but this was a song that I really it really started to make me believe that actually I wasn't just an actor and I wasn't just maybe a dancer. I I, I could sing. And it's um, it's sung by Cain actually to his brother Abel, and it's called Lost in the Wilderness. And um, if you haven't heard it, I implore you to go and listen to not just that, but the the full album because it is really is some of the best music um, that that I've heard in musical theatre. And sadly, not enough people know about it. Well, do you know, I was going to say it's it's not a show I I well, I know of the show I've heard mm. of it, but it's not a show that I've I've listened to. So. Mm. Um, I'll be getting that on my, uh, on my iPod to listen to on later. Uh, Rachel, do you have a, a song that you'd like to add? Um, so just before I do, can I just say about Ian Dixon? When I went to our first rehearsal for Night Must Fall, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know, I'd not met Dave before, I hadn't met Ian before, and obviously having watched Hunchback, and I was like, oh, to Ian, oh my God, you were amazing! You were just so amazing! <laughs> I was probably starstruck when I saw him. I to- like, totally fangirled. You know, because again, he was playing a bad character, a nasty yep. character. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, so it's far removed from that. Well. that yeah. Hellfire was an amazing song. Yeah, wasn't it? so sorry, I was very starstruck. Yeah. I was. Anyway, sorry. Uh, uh, I'm going to go for uh, Defying Gravity from Wicked, um, because we, my family, husband, kids, we went to London in August this year, and we went to watch Wicked, uh, and it just moved me to tears. It was just mm-hmm. that amazing that you know. Just I mean, I know all musical theatre is amazing, but that was just that song and how she sang it. It was yeah, wow. So, yes, and that's what I'm going to go for, Defying Gravity. Brilliant, lovely. Great choice. Okay, so, um, do you know what? I think that's nearly us. So, Night Must Fall, then. It's at the Gaiety Theatre from the 10th to the 12th of November. If you haven't done so already, make sure you get your tickets now from villagaiety.com or by calling 600-555. David, Rachel, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, We wish you and everyone from the service players all the very best with Night Must Fall, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much, Thank you very much, Neil. Thank Thank you. you. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. 
Right, well, let's have a little look forward to what's coming up on the Isle of Man over the next few months. So, this weekend, that's October the 21st and 22nd, Move It Dance Studios present their biannual school dance show at the Gaiety Theatre, entitled The Seven, with a story that's based around the seven deadly sins. Next up, Three Legs Productions are back again on the 26th to 29th of October, with Moana Jr. at the Gaiety Theatre. On the 21st of October, the Legion players present Alan Bennett's Bed Amongst the Lentils at the Peel Centenary Centre. Tickets are available from the Peel Centenary Centre and all the usual outlets. They're £20 each and include a two-course supper. What's not to leg about that? Then, it's the service players at the Gaiety Theatre from the 10th to the 12th of November with Night Must Fall. Also on the 12th of November is Manx Stars in Their Eyes at the Ville Marina. From the 17th to the 19th of November at the Aeron Arts Centre, the Russian players are presenting Peter Gordon's Secondary Cause of Death. You'll be sport for choice between the 24th and 26th of November as Parker Snell present Dial M for Murder by Frederick Knott, which is the source material for the famous Alfred Hitchcock movie of the same name. At the same time, at the Balcomine Studio Theatre, Stage Door Entertainment are staging elegies for angels, punks and raging queens. Rounding off the year, we have The Wizard of Oz as the Gaiety Theatre's Christmas pantomime, running from the 17th to the 31st of December. The cast includes locals Leah Carter as Dorothy, Jack Divers as the Tin Man, and Lisa Kreisky as the Wicked Witch of the West. Tickets for all of the above are now on sale and available through the relevant websites for each venue. Just a quick reminder that Kensington Arts are running drama school prep sessions every Thursday during term time from 6.30 to 8.30pm in the Grand Floor Theatre at Kensington Arts. The sessions are £2 each, but the first one free, and are aimed at Year 11s to 21-year-olds who are thinking of applying to drama school. The sessions will explore voice, movement, improvisation and acting. For more information, check out the Facebook page where we've shared the advert from Kensington Arts. Kensington Arts are also looking for students aged 13 to 19 who are interested in taking part in the 2023 National Theatre Connections Project. Check out the Kensington Arts Facebook page for more details on how you can get involved. Well, with that, we bring episode 39 to a close. Thanks once again to David and Rachel for joining me on the podcast, and we wish them and all the service players all the very best for Night Must Fall, running at the Gaiety Theatre from the 10th to the 12th of November. If you haven't done so already, make sure you get your tickets from villagaiety.com or by calling 600 555. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming events and episodes. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast. And that's all one word. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. Well, all that remains is to say thanks for listening, and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive for me.